who wants to put themselves in harm's way to see a show? I mean, <laughs> I love theater, don't get me wrong, but to risk your life is, uh, it, it's not that great. <laughs> when Broadway shut down in March of 2020, more than 15,000 people who worked in New York's premier theaters had their livelihood and identity taken away in the blink of an eye. They thought audiences would be able to return in a few weeks. Instead, the longest shutdown in Broadway's history dragged on with no clear end in sight, starving New York of $14.7 billion in related economic activity. I'm Steve Kastenbaum, host of New York Gritty, a podcast about the resiliency of New Yorkers in times of crisis. In part two of The Great Dark Way, the Broadway community looks at turning the lights back on. I'm Eva Price. I'm a Tony Award-winning Broadway producer. Uh, when Broadway shut on March 12th, I was producing Jagged Little Pill on Broadway. It's not fair to deny me of the cross I bear that you gave to me. You, you, you know. You seem very well. You know, if this city does return back to, quote, normal, it wouldn't be normal if people couldn't go to Broadway and see a show. So calling workers back to offices, if that ever happens, yeah, people would be flowing through New York City again. But but Broadway generates billions of dollars for the economy of New York City. And it's part of this city's personality. It's fiber. Yeah. Right? So I, I'm wondering, what's your outlook for the future of New York City given the role that Broadway plays and and feeling this real insecurity about when it might reopen. The truth is until the day we're back, it's going to be, it's going to be heinous. The, the, the days of not knowing and the days of thinking we know and the days of planning and worrying and remounting and and solving how to how to have a safe protocoled work environment for everyone on stage backstage and for the audience it it's it's going to be the greatest challenge of all of our lives but within those compartments is a real genuine largely optimistic piece of me that says this city and this country is going to be so ready to gather when the moment comes. And that desire to be together and to congregate where an emotional experience, an artistic experience, and a, and a storied, a beautifully live storied experience can happen for us as an audience and as a community, I, I just think people are going to be coming out in droves it is it is really going to be one of the richest and most unique things that a country of of lockdown people will have, will eventually be able to do again you you actually can't compare anything we've done in the last year and a half year for when you know whenever it is we're back year and a half plus you can't compare a single experience to what it will be like to be back in the theater again with strangers watching live people. And I think that's going to be such a driver for humanity that people are going to be there and they're going to be there in droves and they're going to be supportive. But how we get there, Steve, when we get there 
and all the pain and suffering we're going to go through to make sure when we get there, it is safe and ready to do so, that's going to be monumental. But to answer your question, I feel very optimistic that it'll be back. It'll feel, it'll feel similar as to how it felt on March 10th, but God, it'll feel so different. <laughs> My name is Ira Mont. I'm a lifelong resident of Brooklyn, New York, and I am the production stage manager of Jagged Little Pill on Broadway. How long have you been on Broadway as a stage manager? I made my Broadway debut in uh, 1993 uh, with a show called Cyrano the Musical at the Neil Simon Theater. Jagged Little Pill is my 20th Broadway show. How does it feel to be here today outside this closed theater? So many theaters on this block also closed and they haven't heard the roar of the crowds inside since March of 2020. It's frustrating and it's troubling and it's heartbreaking. What has this long closure been like for you and for the entire Broadway community? And also all around us, so many of these stores, I mean, we have Sardi's Restaurant across the street. They survived on the theater district crowds and they haven't been here for months and months on end. What has this done? Well, my heart goes out to and really mourns for so many of my colleagues who I know personally and just know because I've been a denizen of this neighborhood for, for a few decades now. Um, the, the restaurants that are closed and going through the same difficulty that we are, uh, I just feel for all of them and their employees, some of whom I've gotten to know over the years. I'm just heartbroken over the closures that have happened. I mean, you mentioned Sardi's, which is across the street. And of course, Sardi's is going to come back stronger and better than ever, just like the Broadway shows are going to. But there are some wonderful, long-standing residents of this neighborhood that are gone. Really difficult to wrap my head around. And of course, the Broadway community, the actors, stagehands, ushers, security folk, musicians, uh, you know, all of the folks that are either completely out of work or furloughed uh, temporarily because of, of the Broadway shutdown. Folks have relocated, have had to give up their apartments. Uh, some folks have been fortunate enough to be able to find a way to earn an income. A lot of my stage manager friends have become COVID safety and compliance officers for um, film and television, which came back a little sooner and stronger than live theater. And other jobs as well just to try and make ends meet. I mean, we've been unemployed now for, we're approaching a year and it's gonna be longer. Hi, my name is uh, Chris Riley. I'm the owner along with my two partners of Glasshouse Tavern on 47th Street in the theater district. We opened in 2009 and quickly became a home to the Broadway community, which has just been uh, incredible getting to really be part of that inclusive community. When you say you became the home uh, to the Broadway community, what does that mean? Tell me what it's like here on a normal night when you've got shows all around you here in the theater district. So, so our biggest, um, our busiest time for, for the Broadway community would be after shows. We get a lot of the cast and crew, you know, in addition to obviously a lot of theater goers beforehand, but um, probably our favorite time of the day is, you know, after around 10 o'clock when the cast and crew starts to roll in. And it's just a really, you know, loving, open community. You know, as anyone out there who's in the Broadway community knows, it's the, one of the most loving, open, friendly uh, communities there are. So it's really been a thrill to be, get to know everybody and kind of become a part of that community. 
on many nights it's almost like it can be like a, a reunion. You know, a lot of people work in Broadway and get to know each other working on different shows. Someone might go out of town for a while and doing, doing something out of town. And then they come to Glasshouse Tavern and it's like, wow, I haven't seen these people in six months. I got to see all of my friends. So it's, it's kind of like a reunion here. Lots of hugs, lots of hugging, which was, you know, tough for everybody. Last, you know, week or week and a half when we're here, people started to worry about the coronavirus. Didn't know, we didn't know much about how it was transmitted, but, you know, people were still hugging quite a bit and still <laughs> couldn't kind of get away from it. But it's really, uh, you know, it's great. People kind of gliding from table to table visiting with friends and different friends they might come in with a, a crew from their show and then see someone they worked with six months ago or a year ago two years ago and just kind of floating around the place so it's a great uh great buzz to the place with that in mind what was it like here in those last couple of days the last week or two as we were starting to hear about coronavirus and it was spreading in the community here so so like i said in in the um in those days leading up to i guess march 12th i believe is when they closed down which was opening night for six, which was right next door to us. So they were very excited. You know, it's usually an early show on opening night. And I think it came down to the decision to close around five o'clock or so. So everyone was ready, dressed, you know, the whole cast and crew, but they were ready, the producers for, for the opening night and then the after party. So, you know, uh, seeing them start to come in around, you know, five thirty, six o'clock, just kind of devastated. They just missed their opening night. And at that time, you know, we didn't know what was happening. We didn't know it was going to be a year later and we're still waiting for Broadway to reopen. You know, a lot of us thought a few weeks, maybe a month, kind of get back, <laughs> back started. Obviously, wasn't realistic. But, um, yeah, so, so everyone was really down that night. But then, you know, a, a group of them, the producers came in and we, got, we set, set them up a room in the back and, and we, you know, had about 50 or 60 of the cast and crew and producers and friends of the show had kind of a farewell for now party and uh it was difficult you know the um the inheritance also closed probably was planning to close i think that weekend mm -hmm. so they had a little they had some drinks as well so it was again a lot of people not knowing what to do there was tentative and but you know still a lot of hugs a lot of hugs and kisses those days but yeah so it, it was tough i think nobody it happened so quickly no one really expected it to close down mm -hmm. and then when it did i think people a lot of people expected it to be you know, a couple of weeks, a few weeks, you know, we here at the restaurant got set up for, okay, we're going to be probably closed for two or three weeks and we'll get started again. And I think it's just as humans, we can't comprehend such, such foreign concepts. You spend so much time with these people. It's not just work hours. You know, we rehearse during the day and then we have our shows at night. And then in between shows, you're, you're grabbing meals with your friends. I mean, it becomes your family, your friends, your most of your day. You do spend an incredible amount of time with this group of people. That's Derek Klenna. He's a cast member in the musical Jagged Little Pill. Because you contracted coronavirus and then it spread so quickly through your your Broadway family, I imagine that uh, you never even questioned whether or not Broadway should remain shut down for as long as it has been shut down. Yeah, you know, I think we were all... Once we realized how the devastation that it was bringing to not only our city but but the country, we we realized it was going to be um, a long process back. And um, luckily, we we had our amazing or we have amazing amazing producers that have kind of kept everybody in the know. Early on in the during quarantine, we would meet weekly 
as a cast over Zoom, we'd have Zoom parties and kind of just checking in on one another because I think that that's the secret to uh, to maintaining a healthy family. I mean, like you said, we're a family and maintaining maintaining a healthy um, mentally is just checking in with one another and reminding each other that we are there for each other, that we are a team, that this is a team sport, and we're going to get through this. What do you think it's going to be like when Broadway returns, when it is safe to have hundreds of people inside of a theater and and you be on the stage, the orchestra and the pit, everybody in those really tight quarters backstage? What's that going to be like uh, after coronavirus, after being shut down for so many months because of concerns of the spread of a deadly virus? You know, uh, during during this time we haven't had our you know obviously everyone's been quarantining and, and not able to have as many social environments so our our social muscles will definitely be out of shape we had some live performance opportunities so we got to see each other in person obviously we were tested and, and followed all the covid protocols but we got to see each other and perform together in a live space for the first time in 8 9 months at first it was kind of like you know 15 minutes of of awkward conversation of of everybody kind of you know testing the water seeing how everyone was doing and then within 15 20 minutes once we all started warming up and singing together we were like oh yeah this is how we do this oh yeah we are comfortable we're all still doing what we love and it all came back rather quickly so i think that those performances and those experiences being in the same room together again gave us uh reinstilled a lot of hope and a lot of um, drive in us to get back to doing what we love and and reminded us that, yeah, this is a part of our identity. This is who we are. This is what we love to do. And it just took, it took those experiences and kind of knocked us uh, right back into the swing of things, which was really, really cool. But I think once we are able to reopen in full capacity, once we are able to be back in the theater um, operating on all cylinders again, it's going to be, it's going to be incredible. I think um, I think we'll snap back quicker than most people think. The camaraderie, the social element to it, the backstage um, unity that once was will will be again, and it's going to be an emotional, exciting experience. I think we will appreciate what we do and be grateful for Broadway and and the kind of joy that it not only brings us, but it brings our audiences so much more entering into this new era of of performing. It's gonna be it's gonna be very exciting. I think we know like it will we'll be back at some point. I think it's a matter of when, you know, not not if, but when Deanne Stewart is also in Jagged Little Pill, she too contracted coronavirus. I think there'll be a really amazing revival and renaissance when when um, art spaces are allowed to be filled with people again and with work. And I think there's so much that's been going on, even just in terms of like making sure we're moving forward in the best way possible in regard to like anti-racism and you know um, diversity and equity and inclusion and. I think that I think we'll see a lot of change and just like excitement for what's to come. So, yeah, I think it's definitely a matter of when, not if. 
So I'm, you know, I'm trying to stay hopeful. I, I would love for it to be sooner than later, but also definitely want it to be when it's safe and like when it doesn't feel, make us feel crazy being there, you know? Yeah. I don't want, I don't want audiences to feel crazy, but I also don't want us to feel crazy or unsafe or anything like that in trying to make art. What's your greatest concern right now? My greatest concern, um, aside from, I mean, these variants and um, all that stuff is definitely a huge concern of mine because I, I do, yeah, I am really concerned about um, these new strains and, you know, the uncertainty around if the vaccines will even help combat them, if they work for them and all that stuff. Um, I'm concerned about losing hope and just like falling so far away from the idea of returning to Broadway that you know like getting wrapped up in so many other things that it's kind of like oh well maybe that doesn't even make sense for me anymore you know I'm, I'm a little concerned about that or you know I'm concerned about it being so far away that it's like well I don't know if I can I don't know if I can do this <laughs> or you know or like you know be keeping up with the voice and the body and all of the things um I'm concerned about not feeling adequate enough um, or being so far out of um out of practice and all that yeah I think those are my biggest concerns hey I'm Mike Tracy I'm currently uh the production sound mixer on Jagged Little Pill on Broadway uh, I moved to New York about nine years ago. I'm originally from uh, Orlando, Florida, and uh, I've been working uh, in sound, doing sound for theater for the past nine years in New York City, and uh, I love it. Jagged Little Pill Broadway opened December 5th, 2019, and I was there until we closed uh, temporarily March 12th, 2020. So just as Jagged Little Pill was was really attaining its success, it was devastating. You know, it's it's what we all love doing, you know, because that's that's the joke is nobody would do it if they love something else more or even equal. <laughs> you know, if you love something as much as you loved, you know, what you did, you would do that thing, you know, because theater's really tough, you know, and we talk about the grind of all this work, but it's it's so much fun. So I don't think I fully the way I personally deal with problems like this, you know, almost borderline existential, you know, <laughs> is I, I put it away until there's a until there's something to do with it. So as soon as we come back, as soon as, you know, enough of the country's vaccinated and, and the Broadway League really feels like it's safe to start doing shows again, I honestly think that's when I'll fully grasp what went down March 12th. Does that, does that make sense? You're compartmentalizing. It, yeah, right? ex exactly. Yeah. Which is, uh, you can make arguments that that's healthy or not healthy or whatever. Broadway is coming back. It, it will like, I, I've had, I have so much confidence about it. It it's breathtaking, you know, but live theater is a thing that you can't recreate anywhere else. You know, it, like it doesn't exist in streaming. It doesn't exist in living rooms. It doesn't exist in, you know, everybody's talking about how the movie and the movie theaters are all going to disappear and go the way of the dodo, you know, versus live events like music and theater. Yeah, you can watch the live concert of 
Queen or you can watch, you know, Hamilton on Disney Plus, which is great. But it's not the same as going and seeing Hamilton in the theater. There's magic to that. And and you just can't you just can't recreate it. So I guess I've always had this baseline confidence that it will come back. And whether it comes back at full force or or it takes, you know, another 10 years to get back to full force, I, I guess that part has never wavered for me because it's it's New York. It's it's coming back. It has to. There's there's just there's too many people who love it too much or you could say are just too stubborn. We battle the virus and things get better. Things are you see kind of some light at the end of the tunnel. It's an awful long tunnel. That's Chris Riley again, one of the owners of the Glasshouse Tavern, a favorite gathering spot for folks who work on Broadway. Your restaurant and bar is one of hundreds and hundreds of establishments at the streetscape here in the theater district that depend on the Broadway business to to survive. So what has the shutdown, this prolonged shutdown and not knowing when it's coming back, what has that impact been? Well, it's been difficult, like I said. It's just being very uh, creative in how we can, you know, uh, spend as little as we can and uh, conserve the resources we do have so that when we we're able to reopen, do the work necessary to, to make the improvements that'll be needed as, you know, doing a lot of work uh, myself and, um, you know, just doing our best. And, you know, we will be, we'll be ready. We'll be ready when things get reopened. But, yeah, it hasn't been easy. And kind of as, as time goes on, you realize it's, it's kind of be longer than, than you thought. I think even in, in May, we were thinking, okay, September, things will be back. What do you think the economy of Times Square and the theater district will be like long term here as a result of this? I think I think long term we don't have any problems as far as Broadway goes. Um, you know, I think people are, are hungry for that entertainment, hungry for that live entertainment, and you know, so that'll come back, and you'll get uh, you know, looking out looking out farther down the road, tourists will come back and want to see that. The one thing that that the one part of our business maybe are the office workers. You don't know what that's going to be like. Are people going to want to be comfortable going back to their office or able to work from home? So so that'll be different. That'll make Midtown a little bit different. You know, but I think uh, coming up to curtain time, things will be, I think you'll see this, it'll be similar, it'll be the same. I, I, don't, I, I don't see Broadway taking a long-term hit. In the short term, really, it's been difficult. It's been difficult for a lot of the, the uh, cast and crew from the shows. It's, it's been really hard for them. And not only financially, but kind of emotionally. You know, it's just, there's it's such a, it's not like uh, an, an, any other job. It's, it's, it's really an artistic expression. And when you don't have that, it, it's been difficult for a lot of them. My wife and I both work in the theater. Jagged Little Pill stage manager Ira Mont and I continued talking outside the closed Broadhurst Theater. And unemployment comes with the territory when you work in the theater. Uh, and so even with my wife and my successes, we also go through periods, bouts of unemployment. They're usually, thank God for us, short-lived or planned. Uh, but this is the first time we've both been unemployed for such an extended period of time. So it's taken getting used to. Being home together all the time is something new. Being home during the day and having dinner at home together uh, is a new experience for us on such a regular basis, which we're enjoying. My wife's a wonderful cook and I'm trying to learn. She's tolerating me in the, in the kitchen. Um, but it, yeah, it's, it, this, this is different. And I, I certainly hope that no one ever has to go through anything like this again once we come out of it. 
you were talking about the people who had to move away, the, the ushers uh, and other folks who you know, who you've probably known for years. When Broadway comes back, some of those folks probably aren't going to be here. How's that going to feel? Well, it's going to be very sad to know that folks who we were sharing the stage and the sidewalk and the neighborhood with a year ago won't be here because of a choice that they have made or had to make uh, because they simply can't afford to come back or they found a different life path that was put upon them unexpectedly, which uh, I applaud and encourage them to pursue and I, I wish them all well, but it, it, will be, uh, it will be different. It's gonna be a lot of work to come back. We don't know who will be here and ready and able to come back when we restart. So I'm sure all the shows are presuming that there might be some recasting necessary. There will certainly be a lot of rehearsing necessary. We'll all need to get the shows back into our bones. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to take a minute. The, the light switch isn't going to get flicked on and Broadway will be back in the drop of a dime on the sidewalk. It, it will take a ramp up, which we're all ready for. We're already sort of talking about amongst ourselves to, to see how we can plan and be ready. I've got some penciled in schedules at home that I'm ready to present to my producers when the time comes. So it will be, uh, it will, it will be a lot of work and it will be sad to not have some colleagues here with us. And of course there are some folks who won't be with us because they passed away during the the COVID pandemic from COVID-19, which is just heartbreaking. Yeah, Broadway through the ages has suffered a lot. Every time there's been a, a crisis, you know, we think of how hard hit Broadway was during the AIDS epidemic. And then this, we had Nick Cordero and others who, who we've lost as, as a result of, of this pandemic. I would imagine that takes an emotional toll on everybody in this community. Absolutely. And I have no doubt in my mind that Broadway will in some both in a formalized way and in a lot of what you might call pop up ways when we return, I expect there to be many moments of of tribute, of remembrance, of acknowledgement to uh, our own to the folks that kept us safe in the city, in the country. Uh, I, I think Broadway is going to do its part to acknowledge all of those who gave, gave their all or gave their lives uh, to this pandemic. You sound resolute though in your belief that Broadway is going to come back and it'll be just as strong as it was prior to coronavirus. Is, is that possible after what we've been through all this time? I am resolute, and I do believe that Broadway and live theater all across America will come back once we get on the other side of this pandemic, once we're all vaccinated and we all know how to, how to deal with it. Live theater has been with us since the dawn of time and has survived war and plague and epidemics and economic crisis and labor disputes and you name it. Theater has survived and endured, and Broadway will be back. Live theater will be back. 
It might be different. It will be different. There will be new protocols in place to protect against what is and to protect against what could be coming forward. I believe that everyone will have a newfound or a refound love and attachment to what it means to go to the theater. There's nothing like it and nothing can replace it. And so it will happen. It's going to come back. It's going to take a little time. It'll be a little different, but we'll be back. Life is a funny way of sneaking up on you when you think everything's okay and everything's going right. Here in New York, we've all gone through this trauma together. But some of us have very small families to experience that through. Some of us don't have any families to experience that through. Broadway, you literally live with each other more than you live with your actual blood relatives when you work on Broadway. How has that impacted the way the Broadway community, the individuals, have been dealing with this traumatic experience? Yeah, it's an excellent question. I'll I would say everyone is having a very different experience in terms of how they have stayed connected to their cast members and to their company and how they have not. That's Eva Price, producer of Jagged Little Pill. I can only speak to my own experience truly and, you know, I guess a little bit of what I perceive uh, in the community. And that is a closeness. That is a rage of things that have felt unjust and unfair for all these years that have come to light and people are working towards resolving that also manifests itself in love and in giving. And that is seen by way of the huge fundraising that has existed over the last 10 months through the actors fund and through Broadway cares, equity fights AIDS and through the varying um, donations and donation platforms and donated performances and, and fundraising events that have just been in the constant ether. Um, and that also has found its way with um, the, the streaming that has existed, the, the varying ways that our art form has taken shape on the internet because it has had to, both for the fans and also for the arts workers. It has become a way to get people paid, to raise money, to keep fans engaged, to make money for folks. Um, and that has found a way to keep people connected and to keep companies connected and to keep the industry connected. Every couple of months, we had another announcement of the reopening date being pushed back. Where do things stand now? Yes, we sure did. Those. <laughs> those <laughs> Sorry to bring always... up the store point. <laughs> no, I mean, I'm, the, the PTSD that, that you're putting me through right now, the, the, <laughs> those, those dates are only a piece of it. Um, <laughs> um, where things sit right now is June 1st uh, for for when the shows are off sale until. Um, that doesn't mean that shows are, are going to open uh, on the night of June 1st, um, but um, that, that was the last announcement and the last window of shows being off sale. And it's hard to say what that means. There, there's certainly rumors that some shows may begin to pop up over the summer. Um, there's rumors that other shows are going to begin to debut again in September and October, uh, others, November, December, some, some shows have even announced 
specific dates like November, December, uh, and the summer. Um, and so it's really impossible to sit here today, even knowing that there's a timeline that is probably very feasible. It is really hard to sit here and say, buy a ticket. We're putting on a show. Broadway's back. It's just, it feels tone deaf to say that right now. Will it be the same? No one will be the same (laughs) after this. I don't even know what the same is anymore. I don't know if I'm the same person. I don't know if my mom's the same person. (laughs) I certainly, I certainly don't think anything will be the same after this. So, so no, I'm going to say that right off the bat. It will not be the same. It'll be different because it has to be different. We are a different America. We are a different human race. We are a different culture. We are a different group of people because of the war that we have lived through and the PTSD that we will be dealing with and the experience, the individual experiences we all will have had. Will Broadway shine? Will people be standing and applauding? Will theaters be full? Will tickets be sold? Will standing ovations happen? Will the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade with Broadway performances exist live? Yes. In terms of those basic things that marked Broadway before will be the same, but will the actual experience that the human beings who put on Broadway and who are in the audience taking in Broadway, they won't be the same and therefore it won't be the same. It really can't, Steve. It can't because of what we've been through, what we've learned, the way that we are changing as a culture to be more just, to be more equitable, to be more diverse, to be more open, to be more honest and forgiving and healing. Those are going to be the things that will permeate all the experiences of the audiences and of the performers. And that's just far from the same. So I'm taking what you've said to heart. And I am now envisioning a time sometime in the relatively near future when I will once again have to step over people on the sidewalk who are camped out in front of theaters waiting for those day of cheap tickets. I'm counting on this now. (laughs) (laughs) They might be in masks. (laughs) True, true. And there there might be more tickets than normal. (laughs) (laughs) But that day will be back. That day will be back. You know, the the, the future is open and and it's going to take a a varied form and shape than anything we've ever seen before. Um, But it's going to take shape. Because um, there is a hunger and a thirst for live theater, both in New York and around the world. And um, people are going to crowd again. And they're going to be maybe a little nicer, maybe a little happier to be in that crowd. um, And certainly equally excited to see their show. No one here expected the shutdown of the theater district to last well over a year, yet here we are. The light at the end of the tunnel did seem to appear a little closer as we had these conversations. New York's elected officials loosened some pandemic restrictions. Large sports venues were given the go-ahead to allow a limited number of spectators in the seats again. 
The city's movie theaters were reopening with significant capacity restrictions, but Broadway was not expected to welcome back theatergoers until June. And even then, it would start with just a few shows. Curtains will rise and the lights will come back on, but the gradual, careful reopening will be spread out over several months. When Broadway shows do reopen, Yellow taxis will once again cruise the theater district for customers. In the next episode of New York Gritty. It was eerie to see the city like this, I, obviously, because we've been driving the city for, for a long time. We didn't know where our next income was going to come from. Always when you think about New York, what do you think of? First thing, a Statue of Liberty, then of course Empire State Building, and the third place is the yellow taxi industry, yellow cab. Subscribe to New York Gritty on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and other podcast platforms. Rate and review us, too. You can check out our website, nygritty.com, and send me an email if you have a story about how you're getting by during the pandemic. Steve at nygritty.com. Follow New York Gritty on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook for details on upcoming episodes and more information about the impact of the coronavirus pandemic here. I'm Steve Kastenbaum. Thanks for listening.